This is Zoe Church LA. We're not just fans, but rather followers of Jesus. Tune in as Pastor Chad Veach teaches of God's love and how we can live a Zoe life, an abundant life. Mark 16, verse number one, Resurrection Sunday. Now, we have been in a series and we're concluding. We started in the Garden of Gethsemane and we are ending today at the empty tomb. The garden is where he prepared, prepared himself for the journey that he had to take to get to the cross. Good Friday, you should have been here. This place was in overflows, and we celebrated the finished work of the cross when Jesus said, it is finished. Meaning there's no more striving. There's no more earning. There's no more trying to get in good with God. We are in good with God. Come on, anybody thankful that Jesus died on the cross so you and I... That is a pitiful Easter clap. Come on, anybody thankful we're in right standing with Jesus today. Friday he passed away, but then Sunday, early in the morning, some of the ladies that had been rolling with him came to his grave while they had been taking care of his body. So as was their, their duty and their custom, they came to take care of Jesus and his dead body. Let's read what happens when they get to the tomb. It says, when the Sabbath was passed, Mary Magdalene, Mary the mother of James and Salome, bought spices so that they might go and anoint him. And very early on the first day of the week when the sun had risen, they went to the tomb. And when they were saying to one another, who will roll away the stone for us from the entrance of the tomb? I love this. Who, who's going to help sort my problem? They're filled with anxiety. They see the stone is big and they can't sort it themselves. So they start to be filled with bickering. Who is going to... I love God because everything you're complaining about right now, He's already gone before you and He's already fixed the problem. So I wonder if you're worrying, who's going to pay the bills? Who's going to do this for me? Who's going to... Jesus has already done fixed the problem. They just don't know about it yet. Who will roll away the stone for us? They say to one another at the entrance of the tomb. And looking up, they saw that the stone had already been rolled back. And it was very large. And entering the tomb, they saw a young man sitting on the right side, dressed in a white robe. This was a telltale sign that this is the supernatural. This is a sign that this is not normal. No young man dresses in an all-white robe. Young people are into ripped jeans and the Chelsea boots. Surely this is an angel. And they see a young man who was sitting there dressed in a white robe and they were alarmed. They should be. This is not Zara. And he said to them, do not be alarmed. You seek Jesus of Nazareth who was crucified he has risen. He is not here. This is the announcement that would prove that Jesus was not a good man. This is the announcement that proved that Jesus was the God man. He's not here. Why? He has risen. Just like he said he did, he would. Come on, he rose from the grave. He has risen. He is not here. See the place where they laid him over there? But go tell his disciples and Peter. 
go, go tell the disciples, but make sure he gave me specific instruction as an angel to tell you, Mary and Mary and Salome, that go tell the disciples and Peter. Make sure you tell Peter that he is going before you to Galilee and there you will see him just as he told you. I want to preach a message today on Easter Sunday. Write down the title. It's called, His Power is Bigger Than Your Problem. His Power is Bigger Than Your Problem. And you might have walked in on Easter Sunday and you feel like you got a big problem. And you might be filled with addiction. You might be filled with sorrow. Maybe there's sickness in your home. Maybe there's a tragedy that just happened. I want to encourage you today that whatever problem you have, it is not bigger than God. God's power is bigger than your problem. In fact, your problem pales in comparison to His power. And the cross and the resurrection is proof. Remember, His last enemy was death. His biggest foe was death. And so I want to tell you that if he can defeat death, surely he can defeat what you're going against. If he can defeat something as big as sin and death, then whatever you're going against, he is bigger, he is stronger, he is greater, and he is better. Come on, does anybody believe today that his power is bigger than your problem? Come on, cast your cares on him because he is greater today than anything you're going through. His power is bigger than your problem. That's why the Bible says in Philippians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, Oh, that I might know him and the power of his resurrection. There is power. You gotta be one powerful person to be dead for three days and get up from the grave. So if he can defeat death, whatever you're going through, he can defeat your issues. Amen to that? Are you encouraged already? Come on, let's pray together. Jesus, we thank you today that you are stronger. You're merciful. You're kind and you are loving. We remind our soul and our situation. You are who you say you are. And you can do what you said you would do. Today we're asking on Easter Sunday, help us to not be overwhelmed by our circumstance, our situation, or our problem. Help us to be overwhelmed with the reality of the power of Jesus. Thank you that that same spirit that raised you from the dead dwells within us today. We thank you for it. And as a church, we thank you that resurrection power dwells in Los Angeles and in the Lakers. In Jesus' name. And everybody said together. Amen. Come on, everybody said together. I need a good amen for that. Come on, clap and thank Jesus. There's death, but there's going to be life. In Jesus' name. I'll drink to that. <laughs> Write down number one. I love the resurrection story because number one is good news for anyone who thought it was over. The last can become first. The resurrection story is so cool to me because it is filled with people with problems and issues like, like you and I have. One of the, the key things that we have to understand about this story that we just read is that when they walk in and they see the angel in the white robe, the person that gets to hear the words that he has risen, the first person that gets to hear this is a lady named Mary Magdalene. Mary Magdalene is at the tomb. Mary Magdalene has been taking care of his body, and now Mary Magdalene hears the angel say, he's not here, he's risen from the dead, just as he said he would, he's alive. Mary Magdalene? 
Like, where is the perfect Christian? Where is the one that has their stuff together? Mary Magdalene is a lady who was once filled with seven demons. What is a lady with seven demons doing at the tomb hearing a report from an angel? Seven demons? Like seven. You got to be into some evil, messed up stuff to get you seven demons. Like I've met some people, I'm like, for sure, at least one demon at first, for sure. You ever been to Santa Monica? For sure. I was like, demon, for sure. Like you, you're laughing now. But you wait till about 1.30 today after you give your kids candy from the Easter egg hunt. Demon. We let our kids at the Easter uh, baskets this morning. My wife showed up at church. She's like, demon. They already got it. Demon. It's in them. Mary Magdalene had seven demons. And all of a sudden, she's in the Jesus story at the resurrection. Yeah, because the good news means you're never out of it. The good news is you're never too far gone. Oh, I love this. Everybody thought that she should be last, but she's the first one on the scene. She's the first one to hear the good report. Come on, is there anybody thankful on Easter Sunday? It's good news for people that thought you were done. You were written off. It is over. No, come on. Somebody, you ought to praise them because everybody thought you should be last, but Jesus put you first. Only God can do that. Only God can take broken, messed up people like you and I. When everybody thought it was over, Jesus has the last say. Everybody thought, oh, look at them. They're already too far gone. They've already got demons. I don't know what you got in your life. It is not too far gone. It is not too far bad. You are not messing around and dabbling with things that God can't cover, God can't heal, God can't free, God can't deliver. He is bigger than your problem. He is bigger than your sin. He is bigger than your testimony. Somebody praise Him on Easter. Come on, the last get to be first. You might be here and you might be like, man, you don't know what I've done. You don't know where I've gone. You don't know what I've touched, what I've looked at, what I've smoked. You don't know the things that I have. My past is so big. It ain't bigger than Jesus. It ain't bigger than the resurrection power. And if he can heal a lady with seven demons... Surely he can deliver you. And all of a sudden, <laughs> the gospel's so good because people thought, how come I, I should be, I'm, I've been serving God so long, I should be the first one at the tomb. He's so good. He's like, no, nah, fam. <laughs> Bring out the one that everybody thought was such a mess up. And I want to prove my glory. And the first one to hear it, the announcement comes to Mary Magdalene. The resurrection story is beautiful right down number two because it's good news for the doubters. A second chance is coming. I won't read you all the details, but one of my favorite guys in the resurrection story is a guy named Thomas. Thomas had been there with Jesus, rolling with him. But when Jesus dies on the cross, Thomas and the guys scatter. And long story short, when they bring the announcement and when Jesus reveals himself, uh, Thomas is not there. And Thomas starts to doubt that Jesus got up from the grave. Thomas starts, Thomas starts to doubt his faith in the report. So Thomas says things like, hey, just for me, unless I touch his hands, unless I can see it with my own two eyes, 
I'm not just going to believe some talker. I'm not just going to believe some preacher. I'm not just going to listen to a podcast and be all in. No, for me, I got to touch it. I got to see it. I got to feel it. God is so big. Jesus is so awesome. that The Bible says they're all sitting around in a house one day, and Jesus doesn't walk through the door. He walks through the wall because <laughs> God is so big. He won't come in a conventional way. Sometimes God will show up in an unconventional way just to prove to you, I love you, I'm for you, I'm after you, and I've come to bring you not one chance but a second chance. Oh, I love this about Jesus because Jesus shows up to Thomas and he's not, he's not put off by Thomas's doubts. Some of us are here today and we're like, ah, I don't know about heaven. I don't know about Jesus. I don't know about church. I don't know about religion. And some of your family members write you off because of the questions and the concerns you have about faith. But God is not put off. God is not concerned. God is not frustrated with your doubt. God is not upset with your questioning. God has enough space and enough grace and enough mercy. He can handle sin and he can handle questions. Oh, I love that because it's good news for the doubter. God doesn't look at doubters as haters. God looks at doubters as opportunities. God looks at doubters as those that he can come and he can rescue and he walks through a wall and he doesn't say it in a, really, Thomas? Really? You a hater? It's not the spirit of Jesus. He says that as a humble servant. He says, Thomas... Put your hand in my side. I don't know one male that's here today that's like, touch me here. Touch me right here. <laughs> I don't know a dude that's like, just right here. It's my, it's my good spot. <laughs> but Jesus, Jesus says, touch my side. Jesus, <laughs> y'all are so dumb. Some of you are laughing too hard at that. <laughs> Elbowing your man like, see. <laughs> Jesus says, touch my hands, touch my side. He's not upset at Thomas. He gives him a second chance to believe. Faith is this beautiful journey that God doesn't come in your life one time. You got one shot. Get it right. He's so good, he just keeps showing up a second time, a third time. And as many times as you need for as many questions as you have, his grace is sufficient. Anybody thankful that even for doubters, there's a second chance on Easter Sunday? Third thing, I love this about the resurrection story. Write it down. It's good news for the mistaken. That's not the beginning. That's, that's not the beginning. That's not the end. It's not, so, so many of us, we think that our mistakes define us. Our mistakes are, this is it, that night that situation, that decision that I made, that is the final, that's going to define me, that's going to be with me for the rest of my life. No, the resurrection story gives me hope, and it reminds me that though I made a mistake, I'm not a mistake. And this mistake won't define me. It's not going to define my story. It's not going to define my identity. It's not going to define my reputation. No, I'm not defined by that night. I'm not defined by that relationship. I'm defined by something bigger and something greater. Come on, anybody thankful today that the resurrection story it's not the mark of the end it's the mark of the beginning 
Love Peter because he, he, what did the angel say? He says, okay, um, I've been sent by God to you. I'm in white. This is not my decision. I would have chose the ripped jeans. This is what God wants. He says, go tell the disciples and Peter. Make sure, please run and tell Peter. Why Peter? Why do, where are the perfect people in the story? Where are the good Christians? Where are the people that have their stuff together? No, God is so concerned. He's like, go and find Peter. Peter, the one that just denied me three times. Peter, the one that left church and is now against God and now back on the boat and going back to his old lifestyle. Go find him and tell him, I don't define him. I don't hold him by his mistake. That's not the end of his life. There's a new beginning to his life. Just love this about Jesus, that he does not define us by our mistakes. He is bigger than your problem. You might be like, I blew it, man. I, I made, oh, you don't even know the fumble. You don't even know how bad it got. You don't even know how I was in the dumps. I was in the I was just the worst of the worst. Jesus sends a message to you. Go tell the church people and you. In fact, I bet if you could ask God, he would take out Peter's name today and he would replace it with your name today. We serve the type of God that leaves 99 perfect people to go find the one that is lost. In this story, it happens to be Peter. Peter is lost in his brokenness. He is lost in decision. He is lost in all of his sin. And yet Jesus goes to go find him. In fact, he will find him on a shore, in a boat, call him by name, restore him and put him back because he's proving this is not the end of your life, Peter. This is the beginning of your life. Everybody else wants to say you're a mess up. I want to tell you, you're a call. You are chosen. You are redeemed. You are loved. Come on, somebody clap. And somebody thank God, this is not the end of your story. It's the beginning of your story. Just love this about Jesus. Worship team, you can come. Just love this about Jesus because in the story, you would think the resurrection story would be filled with all these people that were so faithful, so upright, so good, so loving. Where are the perfect people in the Easter story? They're not there. Because guess what? They're not here today. They're not in the Bible and they're not in the church because they don't exist. All of us have been doubting Thomas. All of us have been Peter that have denied him. All of us have been like Mary Magdalene, filled with issues we never thought we'd get caught up in. And yet Jesus showed up and he said, you're first. Jesus showed up and he said, second chance. Jesus showed up and he said, this is not the end, this is the beginning. Because the resurrection power is not proof of the end. Resurrection power is proof that he's just getting started. He's just getting started. Gets up out of the grave. And he's not going like, oh, thought you had me, death. Going to go back to heaven and retire and play golf. It's amazing to me that the first three people that he puts in the resurrection story are people that you and I can relate with. Mary Magdalene, I've been in seasons of my life. I didn't think I'd have issues, but Jesus came and showed up. He said, I don't put you in the back. I put you first in my world. I've had doubts and questions and fears, 
in situations. Jesus showed up and he had all the grace to say, touch my hands. Look at my feet. I'm big enough for your world. When I've felt with such pain and gone through so many situations where I felt like, surely God, you can't use someone like me. This is the end of it. He said, no. Do you love me? This is just the beginning. So I know you got problems. Everybody got problems. Some of us are like, a lot of problems. It's all right. His power is bigger than your problem. Question today is not, how big is your problem? The question today is, how big is your God? Because my God is bigger than any issue in this room. Sickness, poverty, addiction, brokenness. Come on, is there anybody thankful today that the same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead dwells within us today? Come on, on Resurrection Sunday, let's give him a praise. Let's give him a clap. And let's thank Jesus. He's alive, and so we're alive.